Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Situation Room. Welcome to the Situation Room. Welcome to the Situation Room. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode three of the Situation Room. I'm here with my co-host, Gabe Ferguson. Um, you guys can check us out on Twitter. He's at Gabe Fergie. I'm at BSL Jordan Co. And we're here after a, a pretty entertaining Steelers game, um, you know, overall from an entertainment value. Maybe maybe a pretty big heartbreaking loss, though, huh, Gabe? Yeah, I mean, entertaining is one way to put it. I would say heartbreaking is a better adjective I would use because this is a game the Ravens had in their grasp and they really just let it get away. And it's it's so disappointing because there's a lot of adversity that the Ravens kind of had to overcome in this game to be in the position that they were. Um, And they just just couldn't like make the plays that mattered when it mattered. And it's unfortunate because I feel like a lot of people or a lot of players in this game had really good games. And it's, you know, you want to come away with the win, I guess, especially against the Steelers. But, you know, I think there's some things to build on that we're going to talk about. Yeah, you know, the Ravens up to this point in the season had avoided making colossal mistakes in moments of games. I think that's part of why their point differential was so positive. Like, there certainly were times where you were very, where where we have been very frustrated by the outcomes of what, what's going on in these games, but none of them were the these like game bending or like game breaking mistakes that happened, right? In this game, you get the complete opposite of that. It seemed as though for the most part, blocking kind of some of the play calling, everything seemed to be in sync. And like like some of those plays that we've talked about that could really cut loose and break loose, minus kind of just like being overwhelmed from a talent perspective sometimes, they were all there. And and for the most part, they hit when they needed to. It just, every, for every step forward, it felt like in this game for the Ravens, there was a step back or they took a step back first and then they had to overcome their mistakes in, in that process. Um, and they almost did, and but at the last minute, it just came up short. Yeah, and, and like you said, the the mistakes that were glaring had huge impacts. So obviously, the two Lamar Jackson interceptions led directly to fourteen points. Lamar Jackson fumble took seven points off the board. So I mean, that right there is a twenty-one point swing off of three easily avoidable plays. And if you look at the box score from this game. And not looking at not looking at the penalties, but just looking at the yardage, it's like and the time of possession, the Ravens dominated the box score this one. Like they pretty much held the Steelers offense completely in check in the first half. They didn't do anything on offense. And then in the second half, the Steelers offense got a little bit more on track. Um, I think the Ravens didn't make some adjustments to what the Steelers were doing and something we can talk a little bit about as well. But Overall, like this was a game where the Ravens just like were a superior team, but because of the mistakes, they end up losing the game. And that's why it's it's like so hard to like, you know, take this game as it's hard to really figure out what you want to take away from it, I guess is what I'm saying. Because like there's positive things to say, okay, they, we saw their offense look better. I thought the Ravens offense was actually clicking, even without like Ronnie Stanley, even without Tyree Phillips. And then 
you have these issues that crop up and you just can't win because of them. So I don't know. What's your overall takeaway from the game? Yeah, I think that's a really, the, the way you put it's an interesting one. I don't know what I've, I've had to take away from any of these Ravens games this year. It just feels like this, the whole thing has been disoriented and disjointed. And, you know, I don't know if it's COVID and the protocols and the lack of training camp and all those things that kind of played a part in that. Um, you know, I, I thought Lamar really cleaned up his mechanics in this game. We saw him set his feet. We didn't see, like, he still likes to do that little sidearm thing, but he does that for throwing lanes. We didn't see him throwing off his back feet. We didn't see him kind of, like, just kind of, like, chucking the ball. Well, one time he kind of just chucked the ball up. For, for, for the most part, I thought, like, he came in with a very kind of deliberate approach in terms of what he wanted to do from a mechanical perspective. I don't think we've seen that from him all year. Um, I was really glad to see that he was physical running the ball. I'm willing to take some hits that it feels like he hasn't been as well for this year. So I think that that's a positive in terms of a takeaway. And I honestly, I thought the defense played pretty well overall too. Um, again, there were these really big errors or whatever you want to call them in big moments where it was either blown coverages or blown assignments or guys not doing the right thing um, that, that really kind of let the game get away from them. Um, so I think there's plenty to build on here. This team still looks like a very good team. It's just one that continues to not play in sync. And it's like they find new ways every week to not be in sync and to not to not do what they need to do in those moments. And so, you know, at some point the monkey has to come off the back or – I don't know, right? But but we we continue to see it over and over. Whether it's Greg Roman in the play calling, whether it's Lamar Jackson, whether it's the receivers, where it's whether it's the secondary, you know, who knows what? It, every week it's a different thing. It seems like so. Hopefully they at some point they get this all worked out. Yeah. So real quick, I just want to go through some of like the the stats from this game. So the the Ravens outgained the Steelers by two times. They had 457 total yards versus 221 from the Steelers. The Ravens were eight for 15 on third down. The Steelers were three for nine on third down. The Ravens were 5.8 yards per play. The Steelers were 4.4 yards per play. Time of possession was 35 minutes to 25 minutes. Like, it's just every single thing you look at in this game, you are like, how did how did the Ravens lose it? Uh, but obviously it's the turnovers, and that's the thing that, that really stands out. Um, the other thing is the hidden yardage, and that's the penalties, which I, so I don't want to get it too much. We can talk about it one time right now, but the Ravens are penalized nine times for 110 yards. That's pretty brutal. A lot of the penalties were borderline awful. Um, some t- really super ticky-tack PI fouls. There was an offensive PI that wasn't called, I think, in a critical situation. There was just a number of, um, there was like a holding call, I think, at one point that was just completely like not existent. There's all these things that kind of added up against the Ravens and I mean, that combined with the mistakes where they shot themselves in the foot, I think was just a little too much to overcome. But it's hard to like look at this and and say, okay, the Ravens were like outplayed because they weren't. They, they played better. They just couldn't make the plays in the key moments. And I think that brings us back to like what we're trying to do with this podcast and say what were wrong in those key moments. And we're going to talk about a few of them. And some of them were things that went right and some of them were things that went wrong. But if they if they just need to put the things together um, completely in in the in the way that they were kind of working last year, you know, we saw them working towards like almost flawless offense last year. Like it was the most efficient offense I think I've ever seen in the NFL. And 
we saw bits and pieces of that in this game. And it was, it was more so than we've seen earlier in the year. So that's the one thing I want to take away. I think the offense is kind of, I don't want to say fixed, but more on track. And this was against arguably the best defense in the NFL. So like that has to be considered a positive. Yeah. I mean, I think there's plenty, there, there are plenty of positives still to take away from this game. Um, you know, from from that perspective and i think the ravens did clean up some things on the bye but there were th- some things that that weren't there you know briefly for the officiating the hold on the scura like on on the lamar jackson touchdown run called on scura was awful um ronnie stanley was not off the line of scrimmage on on that one play call um and i thought mark andrews was set for a full second before on the other illegal motion penalty um you know so yeah i i thought the officials got more than a couple things wrong in this game but at the end of the day like you said it came down to the turnovers and it came down to a team that just you know you can blame the officials all you want but this is a game the ravens should have won um particularly the way that they were playing um regardless of how the officials called this game um and to me, that's the bottom line. But I think you're right. Let's, you know, the whole point of the Situation Room and what we're trying to do is um, get you guys some some plays that we think are high impact or mattered in terms of the total balance of the game to kind of influence the game, break them down a little bit, um, get some of those clips up on Twitter for you guys to see and and talk about and see what, what you guys saw on those same plays. Um, and, you know, we'll start with a good, you know, Gabe, you talked a little bit about how you think this offense is working. And so um, this first video we're going to put up is um, there was a second and 11 where there's a huge play to Snead. Um, and then a couple plays after that was the touchdown to Boykin. Um, you want to talk a little bit about those, Gabe? Yeah. So I guess we can start with the, the Snead, the Snead play, because it was, um, it was kind of a broken play, honestly. Um, you know, the, the pockets kind of like, falling apart around Jackson and he's, you know, make, scrambling around, getting some time. He kind of breaks out of the pocket and finds Snead who's sitting there in the zone. And then he, Snead is able to uh, break away from the defender and, you know, scramble downfield for another, what, 30, 35 yards. And, and it's a huge play. Like you said, it sets up the Boykin um, touchdown. And there was, a, there was another play like that later on, on in the game. And it's just, it's kind of like, we see the Ravens that they have the ability to make these plays. They have guys on the field who can, who can get open, who, if you can get them the ball, they can make plays. And I think this is a great example of, you know, you know, Jackson remaining calm in the pocket and extending a play and finding the open receiver is something that we saw back in like Cleveland in week one. And we haven't really seen so much of it since then, but you know, he had to do that a lot more in this game because the pocket was crumbling around him at times. Yeah, what I liked about this play in particular was the Ravens' ability to get a linebacker on the wide receiver. And the main reason that I thought that the Sneed play needs to get paired up with the Boykin touchdown was because of that. Um, if you look at the way they line this formation up, Sneed is essentially, essentially he's a tight end on, on this play. Um, he's just outside the hash mark, um, and he's just outside of, I guess that's probably Boyle, um, just inside of him. And so, you know, I think the Ravens need to consider more looks like this, where they use both Boykin and Sneed as Hayden Hurst from last year. Um, and stop putting Ricard in those situations and stop act- asking Nick Boyle to do that because teams are kind of defending these like bigger, tighter packages still the same way, which is putting linebackers in those situations. If you run, essentially you run corner routes or you run crossers with these wide receivers and you get them matched up in man against these linebackers, um, you're going to have a significant advantage for this team. 
Um, and so, you know, we saw it first on the, the Steed play. And then if we go to the Boykin touchdown, I mean, this is just a great read by Lamar. Um, he sees the pressure from Edmonds coming into his face. And he essentially is getting ready to throw the ball to Boykin before he ended up breaking for his route. He knows where he's going to go. They're in sync on this. And it is it is a perfect throw and a perfect catch from Boykin. And I think we also need to see some more of that, where the Ravens are targeting these kind of routes where they know the kind of things that the looks that they're going to get and, and where they can isolate. And Lamar makes the right read and the right throw. And they're going to have a lot of easy touchdowns like that this year if they continue to follow up on that. Yeah, I think I think you made a great point um, in how they use their alignment to get a, a receiver mismatch on, on a linebacker in this instance. And that's something that I think Steelers have been particularly susceptible to over the years in the way they do their defensive schemes. They'll um, they'll have sometimes a linebacker lined up over, over a receiver. Um, and I remember like a couple of years back, I think they were playing the Chargers and Keenan Allen was, was like abusing their linebackers because they just like, in the way they run their defense, if you do that kind of um, alignment where you're basically playing like the tight end or, or like the slot receiver, you're going to have those mismatches. And I think the Ravens, you know, schemed up for that. And like you said, he's fill, he's filling in a role that the Ravens haven't had on offense so much since they missed Hurst because they don't have that kind of shorthanded, like intermediate over the middle kind of guy who's just going to be able to sit down and like find the, like the empty spot in the zone. And, and in this two plays, Snead did a really good job of it. And then Boykin just ran a really nice corner route out of, out of the slot. And, you know, Lamar hit him for the perfect throw for the touchdown. Um, I thought there was 0% chance that that play was going to get completed. And when I saw Boykin come down with it, I was like, wow, that's, that's, that was a great play. Because Lamar was getting pressure right in his face. And he had to stand poised in the pocket and make the play. He knew he had this guy who was going to be open, and he put the perfect pass on him. So I would definitely like to see more of that for sure moving forward. Yeah, the other thing I noticed on these plays was um, it looked like Edmonds or the safety was was sticking with Mark Andrews. And I think you see we'll see more of that, right? Teams have to defend. You can't defend Mark Andrews with a linebacker, right? And so even if I, I think that I'm pretty sure the Steelers were a nickel on both of these plays, but you still get a linebacker on um, on a wide receiver because you they wouldn't trade that off for Mark Andrews, right? Lamar's got to key that and assumably – you know, he did that in this instance, right? He knew that the safety was staying with him. He knew that he was going to have that guy. He knew it was going to be easier to make both of those throws in those instances. Um, and he had those opportunities, but teams are really keying in on Mark Andrews and the Ravens need to do more where they're kind of using him as the decoy in this instance or using his, the approach that the other team is taking to defend him to create mismatches elsewhere and have Lamar look in those places first. I did thought if we're talking about reasons to be optimistic about this game, that was absolutely, you know, absolutely one of the best ones. Um, I think another big play that we saw coming up next was um, from Gus Edwards. Um, and this is in early in the second quarter and it's just a fantastic play. You want to break it down for us? Yeah. So this was a first down play, right? Yeah. I think it was first and 10. Um, it's, so it's a it's a basic it's a simple power run scheme play, but what kind of sets it up is they bring um, Hollywood Brown in this kind of orbit motion around the, the the formation, and it freezes or draws out the the weak side linebacker to kind of account for Brown, and then the Ravens block it up perfectly. So we've talked a few times in in recent 
weeks about how the Ravens have not, you know, connected on their pools or they, they've missed their blocking assignments. This one was not one of those cases. It's a great job of Bozeman pulling. He just perfectly blocks his, his guy. Um, Fluker is like destroying the person he's blocking into the, into the next level. And there's this big hole for Edwards to run through. And because the linebacker was pulled away from the play, he had a big gap. He was able to pick up what, like 20, 25 yards down the field. Um, and it's just, and it's partially scheme and it's partially just execution. And this is something that, you know, we want to see continue because the Ravens are capable of doing things like this. This is why you use motion like that. It's, you have to account, the defense has to account for somebody like Hollywood. And when you don't, I mean, when you don't account for him, because then you can go to Hollywood the next time, right? So like you open up a play in the future too, because it's just a great way to, you know, make a defender have conflict. And I think that's something that the Ravens need to try to emphasize going forward. Yeah, if you look at Vince Williams on this play, he chasing Hollywood Brown is almost to the numbers by the time he gets out wide. Um, and that's his gap, essentially, that um, Gus Edwards ran through. So this is just a super well-designed play. I think it was something that the Ravens saw on tape and they knew that they were going to break this play out specifically at some point um, to get this action. And, um, you know, Vince Williams is just stuck in no man's land essentially. And that's what opens the hole up for Edwards to run through it. There were, there were a couple really great blocks at the point of attack, but at the end of the day um, there was going to be a hole somewhere because they opened that up and it's good. Like you said, I, I want to see the Ravens do more of putting um, the other teams in conflict and making kind of defenders when they're on offense, make really tough decisions when, you know, when they decide how they want to defend. Um, and I think we saw more of that in this game than we've seen from the Ravens all season. Yeah. I do think that the Ravens did a really good job of studying their opponent, um, looking for, you know, what the opponent tends to do, like, and, and that's a great way of, of knowing um, how you can take advantage of them in certain situations. And and by studying film, obviously you can not, I mean, not always is it going to work out like that. Sometimes teams are going to adjust what they do. Um, but sometimes in certain situations, certain down distances, certain packages, you just can kind of guess how they're going to defend it. And, and in this case, it worked out well. And I think you know, maybe moving forward, just using this kind of play on film that now the Ravens can also build off of it. I think that's something that I want to see as well. So you can always do something different out of the same look. Um, and sometimes you might just be able to hit something on that too, because you can come back to Hollywood maybe, and then you have something with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So the next play that we wanted to get into was the second interception from Lamar. I think, you know, it's not even worth it to talk about that first interception. Lamar just didn't see the linebacker in the zone and he absolutely just made a trash throw um, that was going to get picked off um, and go back for six. I, it, it was just a, it was a terrible play. Um, but the next one um, that Lamar threw, you know, Sometimes on like these outs, you know, I don't even think the throw itself was lazy, but you know, I just don't love this play call and play design. You know, we, we're going to see it a little bit later when we talk about the touch, one of the touchdown passes Lamar had. But in this instance, the whole play flows to the left, right? So everything, everything is moving across the face and moving left, except Lamar is not. Um, and I think that's what makes this play not work. If this is a rollout, and I'm, and I've been critical, um, you know. The Ravens have done this like little fake rollout thing with Lamar where they don't block a defender and they let him roll out and beat that defender. Um, and usually it's on plays and with route combinations like this. 
So props to the Ravens for not doing that anymore. Um, <laughs> on this play in particular, you see both the tackle and the guard effectively blocking the end guy. So this is the play where you flip Lamar out and around, right? Because then 56 has to stay true to both Ricard, but also Lamar, right? And then you've got the, the tight end behind him. Lamar can choose whether or not he wants to run. And you've also got, I think it was Hollywood on the outside running up the scene, right? Instead, Lamar stays stays in the pocket and you know again th that this is the play design i think for him to stay in the pocket so he stays in the pocket but everybody is already running that way and moving towards the direction of where the ball is and it's a really tight window that he's got to throw to get it to this this tight end um and so ultimately i just think this is a really poor play call I don't think it's gonna. This is gonna be a successful play in the, in the way it was drawn up here. And maybe maybe Lamar is supposed to roll out here, um, and they'll find more success because even though it does cut the field in half, it does put a lot more pressure on the defense. But the way that this play went down, there was just no chance that that they were gonna be successful. Yeah, this play is just it's so annoying because R Ricard is just no business being a passing option. I, I don't think like he's just. He's not reliable as a pass catcher. He's he's not someone who runs crisp routes. And like you say, he's just not someone who's a threat. Like you can clearly see the uh, defenders completely fall off of him because Andrews is the threat. He's the guy that the, the defense needs to key on. And Lamar isn't going through that ball to Ricard. So I think the play design is is silly. Like it's not something you would expect to actually work. Um, and, and it didn't clearly. It was a really good play by the defender. You have to give him some credit there because I think he, I mean, he made an athletic play to even, even come down with interception, but, and maybe like a perfect pass doesn't result in that results in a completion instead of an interception. But I think it's just a play that you, you don't really need to use. Like you can scheme up Andrews getting open on, on a play that doesn't require like the perfect pass. And I think that this is, this is a play you just need to like boot out of the playbook and never look at it again. Yeah, well, it was a Justice Hill sighting, so um, there is that. <laughs> he actually did a decent job of picking up the. You know, he the did. I, I mean, I thought they run blocked it. Or they thought, I thought they pass blocked it well, and I was glad to see. You know, I'd like to see the Ravens do more play action um, out of those sets, but um, you know, just those route combinations together. I I really don't like these plays where the Ravens run one guy on a route with depth and run everybody else only five or six yards past the line of scrimmage. You're not playing to Lamar's strengths in terms of stretching the field. You're not giving him better lanes to throw from and better angles. You're not giving any kind of deep threat there. And the defenders are all closer to the line of scrimmage. So if something happens and Lamar wants to break it out to run, there's really no option to do so. If you run depth, if you run Andrews deeper on that route and you run Boyle to the middle of the field on a much more vertical route, I think I think that same play design can have success because then you're creating space between Ricard and Andrews and you're creating a space between Andrews and Boyle and you're giving Lamar a chance to kind of like be that threat. And so, you know, hopefully hopefully we see kind of some of those improvements from Andrews, but are from Greg Roman and kind of how I call some of these. But I think the next play, which was um, on a big third down, um, the Ravens executed from a play calling perspective, a, a much better play. Yeah. So this was, let's see, third and five, um, this point they're down four points and they ended up not converting on this drive anyway, but it was, it was the third down conversion to Mark Andrews. And, this play caught my attention for two reasons. One, I think it was a great play to call against like the Steelers. Um, I think that it's probably that uh, was it a cover three, um, and 
they kind of have four underneath defenders and, and three over the top defenders. And they have this, like you said, a high-low concept where they have Boyle sitting down in the short area, which could potentially be, you know, a conversion on, on a third and five if he, if he completes the ball to him. And then you have Andrews kind of behind him in a deeper zone, which is actually pretty open. But I also wanted to focus on Lamar in this play because the Ravens is something that I really dislike, and that's letting a free rusher come after Lamar Jackson here. And it didn't help that, uh, I think, was it Fluker also just got beat by his guy too. So Jackson had to evade two rushers who were free coming at him, and he did that. And he then completed this nice, like, sidearm zip pass to, to Andrews. And, of course, Andrews fumbled the ball out of bounds, which we're fortunate it wasn't the turnover. But it was nice in a couple areas. I thought it was a well-designed play aside from the rusher. I don't like that. I, I'm never going to say, think that's, that's a good play design when you have somebody who can come off the edge without being touched. And that might have been the way that they decided to slide the offensive line. But when you see somebody lining up there, I don't think you can just get it, let him go directly to the passer without having, you know, a design to have a quick pass immediately. And that wasn't part of this, this play. No, that had to be a miscommunication. Fluker just had to have missed the block there, and he's supposed to block outside. There are five guys on the line to block there. There are only four guys rushing. Like, it's 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 wholly unacceptable. Um, in, in general, it's unacceptable. Uh, we'll cut them a break because Fluker's not the starter, um, and they were kind of flipping some things around. But the Ravens have let too many guys come free on the line of scrimmage to put pressure in Lamar's face way too much this year. Um, and that, that needs to be... Objective number one, because TJ Watt should never come free. He needs to be blocked, or at least he needs to try to be blocked. Um, and I think that was a, that was a mistake on that part. I love the pump from Lamar, though, here. Like, TJ comes free, and Lamar pumps him slightly into the air. Um, and that pump is also what made kind of those four guys in that drop zone underneath the cover three that you were talking about all bite a little bit um, in terms of coming down towards Boyle and coming down towards Dobbins. Um, and I don't mind having some of these short route combinations when when you're using it in that in that way. But I also don't. I don't love how close Dobbins and Boyle are together. I don't know if maybe Boyle was supposed to block here. Um, and that's also why Fluker misses this block. Um, but the Ravens regularly run route combinations of guys where they are remarkably close together. Um, and so even if you look at the past interception that we were just talking about, where Ricard and Andrews are not that far apart, yeah, m- maybe that's part of the problem. Yeah, yeah, that was an athletic play, but these guys play in the NFL. They're all super athletic. Um, maybe we shouldn't run guys in routes that are two yards separated from each other. So the defender of one can defend both. Um, you know, if, if for whatever reason, one of these, one of these defenders from the Steelers wanted to drop back, um, and not defend Boyle, the other ones could have had them covered just because of the way that those route combinations worked out. Um, but the pump from Lamar gets a, and, and then a great throw to Andrews kind of leads to a nice, really big pickup. But yeah, I think we need to see more of this high, low action too, where you've got, the receivers stacked vertically on top of each other like that, where they are eight, 10 yards apart. Um, one is low, one is high, and it's an easy read. And, and again, you're creating conflict. That's what the Ravens did here. When you were talking about conflict, the Ravens put conflict on 41 of the Steelers, where he has to decide whether or not he wants to come down and cover Boyle, or he wants to go up and cover Andrews. And no matter which way he goes, this is going to be a first down for the Ravens because of that. Yeah, this was like you, like you said. If he does hit Boyle, you know it's not as big of a completion, but he's going to pick up you know the five, six, seven yards he needs to pick up that third down. Um, and 
obviously the the longer completion is preferred in this instance um and in the future you know we would generally like to have the longer completion as well but i think also lamar at times needs to just take the short completion when it's there and you know live to fight another day move the sticks and, and get them next time um i think he did that a little bit in this game more than he has in the past but he was definitely um i think he's he, he likes the, the big chunk plays and that's something that you want to see from your quarterback um but sometimes it can, it can bite you as well so anyway mo moving forward um i guess the next play that we wanted to talk about was this long completion to duvernay um and this was in a really difficult down distance. It was third and 14. Um, things were not looking great for the Ravens at this point, and this kind of flipped the script a little bit. You have a, what, so this play design, it was it was kind of like a, a, a vertical. Was it three verticals and one kind of like over? Yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's basically four verticals. Yeah. So, yeah, it was so basically four verticals, and it was honestly just, it was well-blocked. And protected for Lamar for one reason, he had he was able to stand in the in the pocket and you know let loose. Um, but also, Duvernay runs a, a great route. You know, he he he's basically just like you said, a vertical. But he does this little, you know, in like he does a little kind of like fade and and go on on his guy and gets this open space. And then Andrews is underneath and he's occupying the safety. And then you just have this nice window for Lamar to throw it into. Um, Probably could have been a little bit better pass if it was. It probably would have been a touchdown. But I'm not going to be too much of a nitpicker here at completing, you know, a 40-yard completion downfield on, on a third and long. So this was this was a great play design. You know, the four verticals works at times, especially against the right coverage. And if you can have someone who's able to stand tall in the pocket, this is this is something that we can come back to, I think. And it's being a show that Lamar has has some trust in Duvernay, which I think is important as well. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said, except I think the Ravens should run more vertical routes all the time. I, I think the Ravens, when they're in five wide, should, when they run these like empty, like these silly empty sets with these silly play calls that they like to do, they, they should just run like four verticals out of those sets. Um, it really, four verticals is, is not a very complex thing, but it's about timing. It's about coordination with your receivers. It's about trust with those receivers but when you have it teams it becomes incredibly hard to defend the other part about this play is that if if lamar doesn't make this throw what makes this play happen is lamar's ability to run the ball um essentially what is andrews draws two of the defenders he's kind of running that deep cross you need someone kind of running kind of like across or in or kind of at a at a bend angle in these four verticals but he draws the deeper coverage but Edmonds is staying basically at the sticks because he doesn't want Lamar to break the pocket and he doesn't want him to run by him and his eyes are directly on Lamar um and that's when he loses Duvernay and so when you're running these vertical routes like this that's where the Ravens can put that pressure on those defenders it is it is you need to get depth into your drops you need to get that pursuit but you also have to keep your eyes forward on Lamar and there are going to be gaps when you throw behind those guys on a regular basis um and I don't know why the Ravens the Ravens prefer to run four guys on crossing routes in the same direction rather than four guys on vertical routes in situations where they need to pick up seven or eight yards. Um, and so hopefully this this kind of play is something that we see more of moving forward um, and some success on that. Yeah, 100 percent agree. I think that, you know, we talked all offseason about the Ravens offense wanting to become more vertical. I think we've seen that at times and also at times it's been a struggle, but. 
some of that is due to um, kind of focusing in on one target. I think it's been Hollywood Brown for the vast majority of of the uh, the deep looks that Lamar's taken. But I, th I think Duvernay really opens up that option as well because he has you know speed that's maybe not Hollywood Brown fast, but he has excellent speed. You know, he's kind of a sub four four guy, and th that speed shows up on film. Um, he clearly is an above average route runner. I would say. I, mean, um, I think that he was a little undersold on his ability to do that. Um, and I think that this is someone that you want to get more involved and he's a weapon with the ball in his hands. We've seen him do well with the, with the kind of end around. We saw him do well in the bubble screen. If, if it's a clean, you know, pass, um, I, I think that he's just someone who we want to see more and more involved. And, and this was a great way of, of kind of looking at something that could happen more so in the future. Yeah, well, and and that's the beauty of a four verticals type play when you have three or four guys that your quarterback is willing to look to and throw to. Um, you just put it in the hands of your quarterback to analyze what is in front of him and take advantage of it. Um, you know, a, a lot of a lot of the Chiefs' success and a lot of Patrick Mahomes' success is the fact that the Chiefs run essentially the same concepts all the time. Um, and, and they, they like the high low concept more than any other team, I think in the league. Um, and Patrick Mahomes is always getting the same looks, right? Like he always has kind of a guy that's right at the line of scrimmage on a stop route, Kelsey or somebody kind of like at that mid depth and then somebody running deep behind that. Right. And that's the conflict that they create. The Ravens can do that vertically if Lamar trusts his guys to do that. And I think you're right. that Duvernay can be absolutely one of those guys. Um, yeah, you said something there that I think is really important, and it's Lamar trusting that his, his receivers are going to make plays for him. And I think in, in this game, we saw that come to fruition. You know, the leading receivers in this game were, were DuVernay and, and Snead and Boykin. Like, it wasn't Andrews. It wasn't Hollywood Brown. It was guys who were, like, the third, fourth, fifth options. And while it wasn't a win in, in the <laughs> at the end of the game, day, like, getting those players involved, I think, is really important moving forward. So then the next play that we were, we want to talk about is the Lamar touchdown to Hollywood Brown um, and when he did get some focus. And I think you and I kind of disagree a little bit about these kind of plays. I, I like them. I think that I think that when you when you roll the pocket like this with a guy like Lamar, um, you basically put everybody on their heels. Like if you're watching this, you know, check it out on Twitter at BSL Jordan Co. Um, you know, once they snap the ball and Lamar starts running wide, all the pass rush doesn't really know what to do. They suddenly realize that it's all going to get blocked up. They're a little worried about Lamar running by them in this instance. And everybody's just kind of running sideways and it's not really sure what to do. Um, and I think that's where the Ravens can take advantage of some of these situations and using Lamar's ability kind of when he gets outside. I think that they were thinking a lot about the play against the Eagles um, two weeks ago where Lamar went all the way to the sideline did a video game move and then throws a touchdown to Nick Boyle. Um, you know, I think at that point, it's just like a scramble drill. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, how are, how are we going to make this happen? Who's going to cover who? And then if you watch this play, Hollywood Brown, Mark Andrews and Miles Boykin are all open on this play. They, they were all open and, Mark Andrews was not the recipient of this touchdown, but he runs a phenomenal route on the outside. Um, if you're watching this, he kind of, it's like a, an out and then comeback route. And Joe Hayden is looking to the back corner of the end zone. And Mark Andrews is standing at the goal line wide open. Um, it's, it's a phenomenal route. Um, and so I think that, you know, again, the defenders at both levels, when, when the Ravens kind of get wide like this, it just, it, it creates a lot of conflict there. So, in general, I don't like these plays in the red zone be 
especially when you're like inside the 10 on a goal to go situation, because I feel like it condenses the field a lot. And this one worked out really well. A lot of times it doesn't though. A lot of times if the receivers don't become wide open, like they, they were able to in this one, there's nowhere to go with the ball and you don't have options because now you're, you've taken away half the field. So in general, that's why I, I don't like it. I think the, I would like to see this kind of play run more often when you're not in the red zone, though, because if you can move the pocket and get Lamar some protection out on the edge, you have more room to work with. And you have you can do kind of those levels concepts where you have you know a short option, you have an intermediate option, a deep option. You can even like if there's good protection, you can consider taking like a deep shot on, off it, too. Um, but I don't see them really do that very much. You, you don't you don't see the Ravens moving the pocket on most passing plays and I'm not sure why that is because obviously you know Lamar is very mobile and and sometimes when you don't have great pocket protection then this is a good way of of giving him some pocket protection and and giving him a chance to get open and you can also maybe audible it into a design run too because you can you know do kind of like a, a quarterback keeper like sweep action if you just have those guys out there blocking. Um, that's one thing I was thinking that the Ravens would do a little bit more of in this game was, was some designed, you know, runs like sweep action with, with Lamar Jackson. And we saw some of that a little bit um, in the kind of the option game, which we're going to talk about shortly. But I think that this is something that I'd like to see the Ravens do a little bit more frequently and not just in their red zone. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think that there should be they, they need to take more advantage of the mobility of Lamar. Um, and this was this was a nice play call. Um, I think teams will start to change how they defend this. You can also, you know, one of the other things you can do with these plays is also like kind of like leak out the the tight end back to the backside of this play. Um, you know, Boyle, Boyle goes to block on this play and he's basically doubling the guy I think that Bozeman is blocking. And if he just leaks to the far side, I think he's going to end up being wide open as well. Um, So there are things that you can do to open up the other side of the field on plays like this. Um, But it's good to see the Ravens move in the pocket and it's, and it's good to see them, you know, I think this was something they saw on tape that they thought they could attack um, with how the Steelers played zone on this defense too. So um, let's flip it around and talk a little bit about the Ravens defense and the um, chase Claypool touchdown. Um, that basically won the game for Pittsburgh. Yeah, so so the Ravens take the lead here. They're up a field goal, and then basically the Steelers are able to drive down the field without much resistance. Um, really, the, the Steelers or the refs? <laughs> yeah, the Steelers and the refs, I would say. So if, I just want to sit, take a minute to talk about the Ravens' defense in the second half because obviously the first half they pretty much shut down the Steelers in the second half, there were a lot more completions allowed to the Steelers. And for whatever reason, they decided to, I felt like they played more zone in the second half. And throughout the most of the game, they actually did a lot of four-man rushes. And that's something that I wasn't expecting. And I thought they were actually effective to a certain extent, but I think they're, they're, the Ravens defense was more effective when they were bringing pressure because Ben wanted to get rid of the ball. He did not want to hold on to the ball and get hit. It was pretty clear throughout the entire game that he was not going to do well when he was pressured. And for whatever reason, Martindale decided that we're just going to, you know, drop into some soft zones at times. And it bit them in the butt a little bit. 
in, in this in this game. I feel like there was a lot of easy completions to to Juju Smith Schuster to, to Claypool had a few, and I think this is you know an example of that because for one, I, I hate the, the coverage here. I hate cover two in the end zone. This is cover two. Um, when you, when you're inside the ten, you're basically saying throw the corner route. And if you do, you're going to get a touchdown. That's exactly what happened here. Claypool stems his route really nicely. Clark is in duff position. He has to decide, you know, if he takes away, you know, the outside throw, then, you know, obviously the post would have been wide open for a score as well. So he kind of has to play the middle. And, you know, Claypool's big, fast, strong, and he has, you know, enough speed to get open on this throw. And, you know, Roethlisberger puts it right on him. So I don't like – the, the play design. I don't like the, the cover two here. I think in the end zone, you have to play cover four. Like if you're going to play the zone, it has to be cover four. Um, and I, I, I was not happy with the outcome here. And and clearly, you know, this was the end of a, a disappointing drive. Um, and the Ravens defense, I thought overall had a good day, but this, this drive was very disappointing. Yeah. And it was a three man rush too with, with, um, I don't think that's queen, but somebody 50, who is that? somebody is like basically in what looks like a QB spy. And it's like, what is, what's the point of that? Right? Like I would much rather have, have kind of been rushing there, but also if, if you're going to drop that many guys in coverage, do some combination of man and zone, right? Like it becomes a lot easier when you telegraph to the, like a quarterback like Ben, who has seen cover two a million times in his career where he needs to go and throw the ball, right? There's obviously going to be one read that's going to be the kind of route to throw for the various different types of defense. And as soon as Ben picked up on being covered too, he knew where and what he needed to do with the ball. Um, So there's got to be more, you know, we we talk a lot about the Ravens deception at the line of scrimmage um, and, and who is coming and who isn't coming and how that confuses a quarterback and the defensive line. Um, But you can also do that in the secondary. Right. Like you can you can run a cover two concept and allow it to be the kind of thing where there's still like the the free guy is playing man to man defense on Chase Claypool because you think Ben is going to be looking to throw to Chase Claypool. Right. In this circumstance, um, there are creative things that you can do otherwise. And, and I agree with you. I think this game plan was pretty vanilla um, and, and it worked in the first half. But Ben also just missed some throws in the first half. Like two of the third downs that they didn't convert were just just him missing throws. One was on an out where the guy was open enough that it should have been a completion. And another one was just a drop pass, like a straight up drop. There were there were three or four drop passes, not just on third downs by the Steelers in the first half. And so they just essentially they just started catching those balls. Right. And and when the Ravens had one on one deep, there were some pretty silly pass interference calls. But you have to live with those. And when it came down to it, there were. Claypool and Ebron were wide open on both of their touchdowns. And it's to some degree, again, you know, it's not as damaging as a turnover, but it might as well be when you let guys run wide open like that. Yeah. The the Ebron touchdown, I think was actually a busted coverage. I'm pretty sure that um, there was a, it was man and he was supposed to, he was passing off the, the receiver to, to queen and queen said dropped into the zone and instead of picking up the guy. So that was, that was more of a, Kind of a miscommunication busted coverage this one i think you know you played the coverage the correct way but it's just a bad call in that situation and they have to live with the consequences of that unfortunately well speaking of bad calls let's go to let's go to probably situationally the biggest moment of the game and i'm going to put up two downs here um, both the third down and the fourth down um, where the Ravens don't convert with a little bit um, more than two minutes left in the half um and you know both of these plays 
kind of drove me crazy because I talked a little bit earlier. I'll, I'll talk about the third down and then I'll let you talk about the, the fourth down game. I talked about how you run these guys. You have guys running routes that are really close together and they aren't like in these intentional ways or in intentional spots. And first of all, Lamar can pick up the first down if he runs to the freaking right of Matt Skura or, or is that Macari? Or, I th- no, I think it's Skura. If he runs to the right of Skura instead of to the left of Skura, he's going to have the first down by a mile here. So he just misses that read. Um, but Standing right in front of him were Willie Sneed and J.K. Dobbins literally a yard apart from each other, right? Not only were they a yard apart from each other, but they're in the part of the field where Lamar likes to run, right? So if I'm designing a play call that that is going to have passing routes and it's going to be a pass first look, I am certainly going to put pressure on the guys that have to spy and defend Lamar by not running to like offensive routes right into the teeth of where you have the most success running the ball. Um, and I think that's what drove me nuts about this play. One is that they could have picked up the first down on this third down. Um, but two, like this, this design just basically gave them no chance to win, right? Because Sneed and Dobbins are so freaking close to each other and they're both short of the sticks. They're both short of the sticks. It just, it, 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 this, this play, when I went back and watched it bothered me more than the fourth down did. And the fourth down bothered me a lot. Yeah, so I think both of these play calls, like you said, were, were just poor. Um, I think I have more. I don't, I don't know which one bothers me more. <laughs> Honestly, they're both they're both upsetting. I, I completely agree with you that if Lamar, you know, reads the block differently, he has a first down potentially. Um, I think also he might have been able to pass, maybe not pass for him. It was hard to tell. Um, I think he, at that point he was probably committed to running it on, on the third down play. So we'll give him a bit, a bit of a pass there on the fourth down play. I, I, I just hate, I just hate the play goal. I hate the design. I hate the fact that you're going five wide and the defense knows that Lamar Jackson is going to keep the ball. I'm sorry. Everybody knew exactly what was going to happen there. Like there's no deception. Like it's so obvious. And I don't know if Lamar has an option to kind of like audible or anything there. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But if you see, you know, three defenders sitting basically right where you want to run to pick up the first down, how can you run that play? Like maybe even just take a timeout and and reset there. I know that having two timeouts was what gave the Ravens a chance later in the game and not using it there. But that is, if you make that, if you convert there, then you win the game basically. So that's a, that's an incredibly important play. And you just have a play call. That's, that's not going to work. There's maybe it could have worked if, if you do, if, if Lamar like kind of runs to the right a little bit, I, I don't know. It's hard to say like, but this, this play is just doomed from the start. And it was so obvious. There was no option for Lamar. It was just a keeper. Like at least give him something like give him like a passing read off of it or give him an option to like pitch the ball to Dobbins, but he can't pitch the ball to Dobbins because nobody's in the backfield with him. You just have him, you have Dobbins like running to nowhere on the outside, like just give him somebody you can have some kind of a chance to make a play, but there's nothing. There's only Jackson and it's, it's incredibly frustrating. So you, I've watched this play a bunch of times now. You want to get really upset about it. Let me tell you some other things that really annoyed me about this. 
what the heck is Mark Andrews doing on this play, right? Like if this is because it looks like it's a design quarterback run, right? And so maybe it's not, and, and maybe Lamar, maybe Lamar is not supposed to be a design quarterback run. But why the heck is Mark Andrews running a double move on a design quarterback run, right? Like if Lamar or Mark Andrews goes up to the second level and blocks on this play, it's a first down. But if you watch it from like as soon as he snaps it, Mark Andrews runs it out and up route, right? If he goes straight up and he just blocks his man, then Lamar can cut through the right side of his pocket and it's an easy first down, right? That's the first thing that should bother you. The second thing that should bother you if you watch this play, Marquise Brown is wide open. He's wide open in the end zone. If you look at, you know, I posted this video on my Twitter account. If you look at the second, like the 21 second mark and the 22 second mark, You've got um, you've got the defender that follows you get, follows the the Ravens defend or offensive player. I don't know I, is that Snead to basically like the to like the five yard line at the sticks. Brown is behind him. Mark Andrews is in front of him, and literally there are three Ravens offensive players and two Pittsburgh Steelers defenders. And so if Lamar just pauses for one hot second and looks, he's going to have a wide open touchdown there to throw. So maybe this play was actually designed to be a passing play. And Lamar was just like, I'm just going to take it. And I'm going to try and like get the conversion on my own. And if that's the case, then I'm going to say that's a bad decision because he at least has to consider throwing the ball there, especially when you have a, a box that has three defenders in it. And I know you only have to pick up two yards and he made the decision right off the snap. Like he went for it. That's why it looked to me like it was designed because Generally, on a play where you're looking to pass, you actually look to your receivers first. But it is true that all the receivers ran routes. So that's why it didn't make sense. It's just, I feel like there's so many better options that you could have run. I think we're going to talk now about the um, some of the plays that Dobbins had in this game. One, one more thing. The Ravens need to stop running these empty backfield sets. That like yeah. it's not working this year. Like there have been a lot of people that have written about this now. Um, there are plenty of statistics showing that this isn't working. The offensive line is already in shambles. Like, what do you guys like? Like, stop. It just just stop doing them for the moment. Like, wait till you get everything a little bit more coordinated and then fold these plays back in when you figure out what you want to do. But I also have a problem with them continuing to run out in a formation that continually doesn't work every single week. I'll just leave it there. Yeah, the the empty is definitely not working. But getting back to what I was saying about Dobbins, so they basically drove down the field using this kind of basic option play, right? So it's it's Lamar keeping the ball and then having Dobbins as like the option to to pitch to. And he pitched it every single time. And because the defenders were keying on Lamar and it worked, it worked really well. And the Ravens were able to march down the field using this. I don't see why you can't run a play like that in this situation. And you just do like a, a sweep to one side and you have Dobbins there for the option. You have a pass option off it possibly. But instead of doing that, you spread them out and you basically have all your receivers in one-on-one situations. That's great. But then you don't take advantage of that and you just go with the, the run instead. And so like, I don't know. If, 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 if that was just the mark, like ad-libbing and, and deciding that he's going to try and like win the win the game with a with a fourth down scramble, then and so be it. I think he made a bad decision, but I I feel like I don't know. Honestly, I don't even know anymore. What's your gut instinct? Do you think this was a play call, or or do you think it was just Lamar making a decision that he's just going to run with it? At first, I thought that it was the play call, and now I think Lamar just pulled it down and tried to run for it. 
I think he thought that he could beat this. He, he, when Bugs beat him on the last play, he thought he could get by him right. And part of the reason why he got stopped was because Bugs kind of knew that he was going to try and do that. And he, this time, instead of going to the left, he kind of held Skura off and then broke to the right or, you know, whichever way you want to call it. Right. And then that took away Lamar's angle. I think Lamar thought he was going to get the same blocked up scheme and he could run by him. And so maybe that's why he did it. But, um, I, you know, that was a total mistake. He needs to at least make at least one attempt to look to pass the ball first, because that's going to give him the space he probably needs to be able to pick up that first down too. Um, by, by committing to the run that quickly, you know, that was definitely a problem. Um, but the options that you were talking about, I, I think we need to see more of this. Yes, um, and the, Ravens, the Ravens have run some option runs before, um, but this seems to be a really good way to key in on how teams are defending Lamar and this run, right? Because it is like teams have been trying to explicitly take Lamar away. Um, and the option seems like a good response to that um, and a good way to keep teams a little bit more honest. It's a good way to move the action left to right, but still have a vertical running game. Um, and you're right. If you, if you are, if you're running it in kind of like a zone option look and you have the line all moving in one way and you tell them not to go three yards down the field, you also have an opportunity to, to set up some play action and some throws behind it. So um, I hope this is something that the Ravens, I mean, there's no way they didn't see it. I hope it's something, I, I mean, it was three carries for like 35 or 40 yards. Um, so I hope that it's something that Ravens continue to look at and bring back and, and find some success with too. Yeah. And I, I don't honestly, obviously it's part of their, their playbook. I don't know why we haven't seen it earlier in the season. I don't know why we didn't see it earlier in this game. It wasn't something that they seemed to break out until this, this final drive. And maybe it's something that they were trying to hold in their back pocket in case they really needed it, because I honestly think it can be a devastating part of the offense. Um, because, you know, the offensive line was getting out and blocking. Uh, we saw, you know, Boyle, he's really great in these kind of plays, blocking. Andrews is a good blocker on this. And even Ricard was out, you know, taking out guys down the field. And this is something that I think the Ravens can use going forward. And I think they're going to. I think they're just waiting to, to unleash this and they're trying to like put some other things on film. But this is kind of going to be their bread and butter moving forward with the run game. This and some of those like, you know, you know, Romo kept um, mentioning those dive plays that were being pretty functional earlier in the game. You know, you would pick up four or five yards and then we saw, you know, Lamar keep one and it picked up like 20 yards off of that. That's the kind of thing that they were doing really well last year when they had like their running game working. They were like doing the same, basically the same thing over and over again, but then just having a different player get the ball, whether it's the running back or, or Lamar. And it, I think it's something that we're going to see more of moving forward. So I'm, I was happy to see these plays. Um, I think that this it's definitely something to build on. Um, real quick, J.K. Dobbins, he had a great game. Um, he looks explosive in the open field. You know, he has that extra juice that, you know, the other Ravens running backs don't, aside from maybe Justice Hill, who we don't really see at all. Um, but he can make people miss. He can bounce off tackles. He has incredible balance. And it's just something that the Ravens need to take advantage of. And, you know, I think someone on our message board over at BSL said that, is, is Mark Ingram getting Wally pipped? And I think that, this is actually what's happening. I think Mark Ingram is getting Wally pipped. And I think Dobbins is going to be a big part of the offense moving forward. And, and if he's not, it's disappointing because he has shown everything you need to see in order to get him, you know, 10, 15 touches every single game. And if he doesn't, I'm more disappointed that he's not because it's what the Ravens need in their offense. Also, it's what you gave Hayden Hurst up for, right? 
So, you know, for me, the offense is certainly less functional from a passing perspective with a downgrade of, of Hurst, like just, just significantly not as effective, especially in some of these like heavy and jumbo packages. Um, so if you're going to give up that asset and you have Super Bowl aspirations, um, you know, I think it's the kind of thing that you have to do. And, you know, it sounds like Hurst had demanded a trade. Um because that, that's the only thing that makes sense to me for why the Ravens traded him. Um, if I went back and redid it in this offseason, I I would seriously reconsider not trading Hayden Hurst. I was for it at the time, and I, I'm not you know super anti about it now. Um, but I think that that continuity from the passing perspective, the continuity from the jumbo package, um, especially if we see any kind of injury down the road at tight end here, it's gonna e- it's gonna be even more glaring. Um, you know. I, I, you know, if they're not going to, if they're going to make that trade and you're going to get a guy like JK Dobbins, then I think he's a guy that you got to use. I agree with you. Yep. That's so that's, that's, um, I mean, I, I like Dobbins. I think it was a good pick at that point in the draft. I think he might end up being the best running back in his, in his draft class. Um, I think he has the most talent, honestly. Um, and he's going to be in a great scheme moving forward. And it's more than just this year, you know, it's, it's about, having somebody who's going to be a cornerstone piece of the offense for the next, hopefully, you know, three years, maybe more, we'll see. Um, but I think the time is now with, with Dobbins. I think he and Edwards make a, make a great kind of tandem. Um, and I, I just don't see the same type of, of ability from Ingram. And as much as I, I like him as a veteran leader, as much as I thought he was fantastic last year. He just doesn't look the same in this season. And I don't, especially if he's not close to hundred percent, there's, there's no reason to have him on the field when you have two very good running backs in, in Edwards and Dobbins. Yeah, I agree. Well, you know, I, I, my feeling on how the Ravens utilize their running backs is my feeling on the Ravens as a team as a whole, which is that you guys just have to like, they just have to start doing things a little bit more efficiently and they have to care about the efficiency of, of those kind of things on, kind of an ongoing and regular basis. Some of the penalties on the offensive formation stuff, I don't know that I agree with either of them, but like those kind of things, um, like just like the small mental stuff that they need to get cleaned up on um, and, and keep everything kind of just a little bit more efficient and just a little bit more intentional. And this team has the capability to kind of really go to the next level. Um, and so, you know, we saw, like you said, you look at the numbers this week, you look at the total yardage, you look at kind of all the statistics. And even if you just take away, and obviously it's not this simple, but if you just take away the first three plays of the game, when Lamar throws that pick six, then the Ravens win this game. Um, and, and it's really not more complicated than that. So um, I think there's a lot to build on here. I think we'll be continuing to watch to see if they, the Ravens build on some of these things that we talked about. Um, on today's podcast, you know, check us out, talk with us on Twitter. Um, he's at Gabe Fergie. I'm at BSL Jordan Co. We'd love to hear from you guys, get some feedback on some of these plays and some of the videos and uh, what you guys are thinking. So we'll, we'll see you next week and hopefully it'll be after a Ravens win. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.